Today is our fourth devotion uh, in this series that we're doing this week, looking at some different scenes in the life of Jesus leading up to Easter. And uh, today we're going to be looking at the scene where Jesus is on trial with the religious officials, the Sanhedrin and religious teachers of the day. At daybreak, the council of the elders of the people, both the chief priests and the teachers of the law, met together, and Jesus was led before them. If you are the Messiah, they said, tell us. Jesus answered, If I tell you, you will not believe me. And if I asked you, you would not answer. But from now on, the Son of Man will be seated at the right hand of the mighty God. They all asked, Are you then the Son of God? He replied, You say that I am. Then they said, Why do we need any more testimony? We have heard it from his own lips. In this scene, we have all of the religious leaders, kind of the elite ruling class of the day, who have been kind of weaved in and out of the Jesus story in the Gospels up until this point. They're all here putting Jesus on trial, and they're really not interested in getting at the truth. They're interested in catching him in something that they can account as blasphemy so that they can actually put his movement in him to death. So they're here and they're baiting him into questions. They're trying to mine out from him exactly um, what kind of charges that they can draw up against him so that he can actually be murdered and they can put this whole thing back to rest and go back to what they were doing before Jesus had disrupted everything. And so they asked Jesus, if you are the Messiah, tell us. Well, the truth is that Jesus had been saying and doing things for the three years of his ministry here on earth that should have revealed exactly who he was. The kinds of miracles he did, the kinds of teaching he had with authority, the kinds of things he said about himself. He clearly believed he was more than just a human. Uh, he was more than just a son of God. He is the son of God. He is both God and man. He had never said it quite so explicitly, but it was weaved in and out through everything he said and did. And so, so they knew the truth is they just didn't like what he was saying. They didn't like the picture of what this Messiah was actually looking like that was in front of them. They had different expectations of what the Messiah was supposed to be. And so they were disappointed in what, what they were given. And so here in this moment, they're asking Jesus, tell us who you really are. Are, are you really the Messiah? And Jesus kind of throws it back at them and says, if I tell you, you won't believe me. And if I asked you who you thought that I was, um, like you wouldn't answer. Basically, even if I said it so explicitly, you still wouldn't want to hear what I have to say. So we see this in these different trial narratives for Jesus in the Gospels that he initially refuses to kind of give any defense of who he is. He refuses to give into this, not because he doesn't want people to know who he is, but he knows the motives behind their questions. And he knows that even when he says uh, exactly who he is, he gives them the answer that they want, that their hearts and minds will not be ready to receive it. Eventually, he does kind of move, move forward with this and, and basically says, who you say, who you're kind of accusing me of being and accusing me of saying, that is exactly who I am. He says, you say that I am. And so he's essentially saying, you're saying that I'm the Messiah and that is exactly who I am. The problem is that you don't like who I am and you don't want to hear the answer 
that I have to give you to this question. As I started to think about that, I started thinking about all the times in my life where I've come to the Lord with questions and it felt like he was silent and not giving me the answer that I was looking for. And it's not like there was anything sinister behind my seeking the Lord about these questions. It wasn't like I'm trying to bait him into something or accuse him of something. But sometimes I've just been genuinely kind of seeking direction or clarity about something. And it felt like God wasn't answering my question. And in the moment, it felt so frustrating. It felt um, like God didn't care about what I was going through. And I'm sure that you've probably experienced those moments too, where you felt like you came to the Lord with a question, you were seeking him, and it felt like he just was not answering. And as I like have had the benefit of hindsight, either short-term or long-term, long-term, kind of in the immediate aftermath or thinking about it later on, I've realized so many times that God wasn't being cruel and not answering my question, uh, not giving me the clarity I was seeking, but the truth is I wasn't ready to hear whatever it was that he had to say. That he actually was being gracious and kind to me in those moments. Because whatever it was he had to say to me was not what my heart and mind were prepared to hear. And it's not necessarily that it would have been wasted breath on his part to speak to me. It's not like God is, you know, he has finite resources and uh, he only has so much time to talk to me. But God just cares about our hearts so much that oftentimes he saves us um, from, from taking on something that we're not ready to take on, from hearing something from him that we're not ready to do anything about or steward in the moment. And I wonder how many times that he was graciously loving me and not giving me the answer that I was seeking, that I wasn't ready to handle it. Just like in this instant, Jesus knew that the people that were asking this question we're not going to hear the answer that he had to give. And there's been a number of times in my life where I felt like God eventually came around and then kind of shared with me what was on his heart. And the truth is, it was even more challenging than I was ready to respond to. Or there was an affirmation or something encouraging I felt like God was saying, but I wasn't ready to receive it. And uh I've had to wrestle with that over time. Just like in this, Jesus eventually tells the, the people who are questioning him, yes, this is who I am, but they now have to do something with that information. And I feel like God knows the right timing in our lives, when to share with us uh, something that we can actually do something about. Another thing that came to mind in thinking about this is God many times actually hasn't been silent. I feel like as I look back on my life, there's been so many times where God has spoken something or was speaking something. And the truth is, I was just looking for a different answer or for him to say something different than what he was actually saying. One of the things I feel like I've learned in walking with the Lord through life is that he often won't change his tune to fit the tune that I'm singing or the thing that I want to hear. Here's what I mean by that. Uh, in When you're in a band and you're playing music together, uh, everyone has to make sure that they're tuned the same. Um, that if you're playing the, this one note, that everyone's instrument is tuned to that same note. 
if if you don't, it will sound really off. And maybe you've even heard before where a guitar was out of tune or the person was singing in a different key than the than the piano was playing or whatever, but you can hear that kind of dissonance. It doesn't sound it sound doesn't sound very good. So what you have to do is actually tune to one pitch or one note in order to make sure that everyone is on the same page. And I feel like a lot of times I'm asking God to change or tune his note to mine. And I've learned that he's very gracious and kind. He will he will break through sometimes my obstinance, but so many times, more often than not, I feel like he has a tune that he's playing or singing and he's asking me to tune to him. And so here in this particular narrative that we're looking at here, where Jesus is going through this arrest, there is this scene where he is clearly the Messiah. He has made it very clear that's exactly who he is throughout his ministry. But the problem is they're looking for a different kind of Messiah. And so they're unhappy with the one that they've been given. And so they're unable to hear. They can't play along with Jesus here because they're looking for something different. Jesus had already revealed exactly who he was, but they were just looking for something different. And so I just wonder in our lives, how many times is that happening? So I look back, I feel like, yeah, there have been times where God has been silent and I feel like he didn't answer when I wanted him to answer because I wasn't ready. But then there are other times where I feel like he has said something and I'm not able to hear it because I'm listening for the wrong thing. I'm not, I'm not looking for exactly what it is that he's saying. I think the challenge for us is actually to change what we're looking for, to pay attention. So Jesus says at the beginning of his ministry that the kingdom of God is near, that the time has come, and that we should repent and believe the good news. And that whole concept is basically Jesus saying, hey, pay attention. Something new is happening right now. In order to see it, you're going to have to change the way you think. You're going to have to change the way that you perceive. Because without changing your perception, you will not be able to see this reality that I'm bringing in. And I think that that was happening on a grand scale in the life and the ministry of Jesus 2,000 years ago. And I think that that's happening here and now. It happens every day in your life where God is wanting to do something. He is working in your life, but you have to repent. That just means a change of mind that leads to a change of direction. We have to change our thinking so that our actions will follow. And so I think it happens every single day in in our lives. But then I think even now in this kind of like cultural moment that we're in with the pandemic and all of that, God is saying something to each and every one of us. He's trying to get our attention. The question isn't, is he speaking? The question is, are we listening for what he has to say? And so this week, I want to encourage you over the next day or two to, to slow down, to find ways to pay attention to what God is saying. Are there any repeated themes that come up for you as you've been reading scripture this week? Have you been listening to worship music or uh, reading your favorite book? Has there been any repeated themes that like just seem like they're really grabbing your attention? When you're having conversations with people on Zoom or on the phone, because we can't do that in person a whole lot right now, are there repeated ideas that keep coming up? These things may be things that God is using to try to get your attention to say something. But will you listen? When he speaks, will you be ready to hear what he has to say? 
Will you be ready to respond or will you be looking for a different kind of answer? Will you be waiting for him to say what you want him to say? I think that we've got to make sure that we're listening for what he's actually saying. Because in that is freedom. When we hear what God is actually saying to us, just like if the religious leaders of Jesus' day, if they had heard the message that he actually brought, it would have radically changed their lives. And I think that the same is true for us, that if we'll actually pay attention to what God is saying, we can experience life to the full in the way that Jesus has promised that would be for his disciples. We can experience that abundant life that he promises for us, but we have to slow down and we have to pay attention to what he actually is saying. We have to slow down and stop coming to him with all of the questions that we need to feel like are answered in the way that we want them to be answered. And instead, listen for what his answer is and the things that he wants to talk about to let him set the agenda for the things that he wants to share about himself or about us or about what's going on in the world around us. And I think if we'll do that, we'll learn to walk with him in a deeper way, a deep friendship with God that he wants to have with us. That's my prayer for you this week. Heavenly Father, I pray that my friends would begin to listen to what you're saying, Lord to come to you with their questions, to come to you with their frustrations, to come to you, God, for the things that they need to seek clarity about, Lord, that they would feel absolute freedom to do that. But when they do, to wait long enough to hear what you have to say. And I pray, Lord, that my friends would, and for myself, Lord, that that I would allow you to set the agenda too. God, that, that I would come to you, not just asking you to answer my questions, but come and listening for what you have to say. Help me, Lord, to be able to hear and respond to your word and help my friends to hear and respond to your word as you're speaking into our lives and help us to become more like you, Jesus. Amen.